right. We are live. We are live. My name. Yeah, this is episode one of Two Metal Dudes, and obviously we're going to have probably thousands of these um, and oh, lots definitely. of followers, I imagine. Um, yeah. And who am I speaking with? Oh, well, uh, very nice of you to ask. Uh, so this is Charlie. <laughs> Hello. Um, and you are? Austin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And we're just um, two dudes, obviously. We that's in the title, living out here in the Bay Area, and with the pandemic, you know, we don't get to hang out and talk as much about metal. So naturally, we figured we just record it and put it on the internet because you know everybody wants to hear us talk about metal and other assorted genres of music. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So instead of people listening in to us uh, at a bar or something now they get to do yeah. it from the you know comfort of their own home yeah right when we go when we go to a bar and and um that has a jukebox and put on all of dope sick and make everyone in the bar <laughs> listen to it <laughs> yeah i know and they're like exactly and like there, there's like one bartender who's like yeah and everybody else is like what the f- fuck yeah. i know it's like we're the only people that actually waste all our money just playing dumb music instead of spending yeah. it on drinks <laughs> yeah they're like they're like two dollars for one song that's a great deal yeah yeah oh cut the line for three dollars hell yeah here's an eight minute i hate god song coming up <laughs> right. oh, exactly exactly so that's you know that's the long end of of it sort of why we're doing this we just fucking love music and i think yeah, you know briefly Briefly, just like how we got into, you know, because most people hear metal and they're naturally just sort of like, what does, you know, that doesn't sound yeah. good. I don't like that. You know, <laughs> like, like my, my dad is just like immediately he goes into like a panic attack and he's like, turn it down, turn it down. And I'm like, sorry, dad. Sorry. And I'm like, no, but it sounds really cool. There's this really sick riff that's coming up. What is wrong with my child? <laughs> uh, so that 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 happened for me around like puberty. It was like fucking. Um, it was like fifth grade. I started listening to stuff that wasn't you know what my parents had listened to. Like I I still love Fleetwood Mac, but you know like I was starting to like listen to you know what was it in the mid nineties? It was the uh, you know it was alternative radio or yeah. whatever. It was basically just grunge and. And then whatever, you know, the, the the bands that came after that. And, you know, I started listening to that. Like, I think we talked about this the other day. It was like Offspring, you know, popped up. And you're like, oh, this is kind of like, this is yeah. different. Green you know, Day's this. Dookie, you know. Yeah. yeah like the song Bastic Case, it said, it said fuck in it. And I was like in fourth grade and I thought it was the coolest thing on earth. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that was, for me, the initial stuff was, yeah, it was definitely... Um, offspring and like white zombie like i definitely heard mm-hmm. you know astro creep 2000 or whatever and i was like this is amazing yeah and you know like a marilyn manson song and you know i think a nine inch Nails song was popular during that time too that the perfect drug one that was on the soundtrack per- to something. natural born killers soundtrack yeah is that what you it was you are the perfect drug the per- <laughs> you know I, like, I don't I know if it was like, that this? soundtrack. I'll have to check on that. But And then Prodigy. I remember Prodigy, and I saw that music video with like all the cockroaches and stuff, and my parents were just like, this is disgusting. And, I, for, you know, and for some reason, I'm like, what? This is so fucking cool. <laughs> but for metal, you know, I still wasn't really... It, metal was um, the first time... I don't know. I think I really started hearing more heavier things. It was like on the radio. It was just... I grew up in a more rural area in Virginia and the closest town Charlottesville is like the least metal place in the world. Um, home of Dave Matthews band, it, you know, probably like the card carrying members of the dead, uh, yeah. Dead bunch of deadheads. I mean, it's just, there's no metal anywhere, but Richmond, Virginia, the capital of Virginia has a long illustrious metal and punk scene. And so I remember the like alternative 106.5 the buzz you know was the radio <laughs> radio station and it barely like came in you know on my little boombox 
but I got it in certain areas and I would just consume the fuck out of that anytime I was not at school essentially. And you know, they were always playing all the grunge stuff, but then like newer things and I remember they played a tool song and that just sent me down a rabbit hole that I'm still going down, you know, fucking twenty plus years later of finding something that's heavier than the last thing, you know, that I, I listened to. Cause Tool was Definitely out of all the radio bands was the heaviest shit. I mean, that it was the Anima album. Or I still have no idea how to pronounce that. Um, Enema? I think. It, well, maybe it's, yeah, I'm just thinking yeah, of well, enemas in general, but. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah, but th- that's what it was like. It was either the title track or like 46 and 2. And you know, like the, the bass in 46 and 2 is just nuts. And so yeah. I distinctly remember, you know, fifth or sixth grade me just like hearing that and going into some weird state, you know, whereas most people would have potentially been repelled. I mean, Tool's very popular, but I don't know. That was the beginning of the end for me and began my descent into metal. And then it was just, it was no, no looking back from there. I mean, I distinctly remember when I, you know, like one of the first times I heard that one of those Tool songs of just like, taking off my shirt and like running around the room. It was before I knew what headbanging or moshing was, but here I was just like, I think I even threw on a cowboy hat and I was just like, you know, my parents <laughs> like, yeah, what is wrong with our son? You know? And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> you know? And, and then it was just sadly though, you know, we were, we came of age in the, the late nineties and metal was, uh, was new metal. <laughs> Yeah. So we, I know, I certainly, that was more my first exposure is that I was like, you know, then I went down the, the corn and Limp biscuit rabbit hole. How about you? Definitely. I mean, like my, my, my past is very similar. Uh, it definitely started with Offspring. Offspring Smash was the first CD that I ever bought. You know, I was like oh, in nice. fourth grade yeah. or third grade or something. But that, also, that's still a good um, album. Yeah, Definitely. Green Day's Dookie was another one that I really listened to, but I had uh, the advantage of having an older sibling that was really into metal. And so actually talking about Richmond, Virginia, the first metal band that I probably listened to and really enjoyed was Guar because of Beavis and Butthead and just because of the (laughs) shock rock value, you know, I was so attracted to. Um, I think it was This Toilet Earth was the album. Yes, and then it was yes. basically that. And then in tandem, it was uh, Pantera's vulgar display of power. Like I remember yep. being super young with my siblings, you know, in like fourth or, you know, third or fourth grade or whatever. And we would act out music videos as we were playing them on the CD player. And this nice. love was like one of the music videos we would like <laughs> act out. <laughs> and I had the same experience with you and really everyone I feel like with new metal were um, as Coming up in the 90s, you know, like listening. For me, I never got into Limp Biscuit, but super heavy into Corn, oh, really into Slipknot. Um, yeah. I know. Well, you know, Mudvayne. Well, actually, that Mudvayne album is still incredible. <laughs> Dude, it's mud- probably the only okay, good new metal left. We're going to have an entire episode about Dig. Uh, yeah. yeah. It is exactly. so good. It's, it's so, so sick. It's still good. I mean, just take away the absurd outfits and like ridiculous makeup. Oh, no, we're yeah. not talking about black metal. Oh, but, um, but, uh, um, and then from there, you know, it kind of just, it just tool absolutely was a huge thing. And then it yeah. just got heavier and heavier. And then right. in the nineties, you know, super, I was super into like, you know, it's everything everyone was listening to Sepultura's chaos, AD machine, machine heads, burn my eyes, you know, Slayer, Pantera. Um, and then. I rem- I have a distinct memory in my brain when I was listening to Vision of Disorder's first album, uh, oh, self-titled, and uh, Slipknot's first album, also self-titled, where there's there was like a lull in heavy music, and I remember thinking to myself, like, I really wish there would be a band that would come out that would only sound like the parts where they were screaming and there was no clean singing, and that was the <laughs> yeah. entire album. And then, lo and behold, my wish came true. And then I started listening yeah. to Nazem. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Imagine clean down. singing. Yeah, I know. Straight yeah, that up was grindcore. Sort of, that was sort of for me, but I was stuck a lot more in the new metal phase, I think a little bit longer, like all of middle school. And for me, in a more, yeah, more rural area, that it was 
near a a non-metal city and no older siblings. It was just sort of like, it was word of mouth. It was the beginning of the internet. I mean, Napster was phenomenal. Like yeah. it, I had, I had the dial up shit, uh, but I would, you know, dial out, download one song at a time. And that's how I kind of got into, um, or no, I think I probably saw like some older, you know, like skaters wearing Slayer and Pantera stuff. So I think, and yeah. Pantera is still, still, you know, Virginia's the South or where I grew up, part of Virginia. And, you know, like the only metal bands are Slayer, Metallica, and, and, uh, Pantera. Pantera. And but, but especially Pantera, right? Yeah. In the 90s. Yeah. So I definitely saw Pantera. And I remember listening, yeah, listening to Pantera and just being like, oh, this is way better than the other stuff i've been listening to and then somehow i got like a relapse mail order catalog and for me that was the turning point yeah. i was just like what like regurgitate carnivorous erection like what, what? <laughs> I mean, no. this is fucking yeah. amazing yeah like, like uh and then yeah, i would it was download that, uh it was that catalog that got me that where i discovered uh pig destroyers prowler in the yard because yeah. they took out a page advertisement for it. And I was like, this is sick. And then I right. got it. And I was like, this is the best music I've ever heard in my life. Right. And I just thought I was listening to, you know, something that was forbidden type thing. And I remember, I don't know, some conversation with like a friend who was just more rebellious. And I had a bunch of religious neighbors. And he's like, let's go put relapse mail order catalogs in all their mailboxes. And we were like, yeah, fuck them. You know, like, okay, that doesn't... <laughs> yeah, that showed them, I'm sure. In, in hindsight, it's like, it's not funny. Or it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, that was sort of it. And I distinctly remember, too, somehow I got into that... Um, so yeah, as I got past the new metal stuff, um, I started downloading, like, Victory Records. So, I mean, down, you know, death metal was a little dead in the late 90s. I mean, it was sort of yeah. becoming, like, it was definitely not popular at all. It had, like, taken a nosedive in popularity and was, um, like, death metal, when you look back on it, that was a time when it was all, like, it was, like, the tech death scene. Um, and that, you know, it wasn't, it was, like, Willow Tip Records and other things like that. Um, a lot of Canadian stuff. But... It wasn't too big. It was more like in heavy music. It was the mathy stuff, right? It was the the metal core that was, the Cavens, the Botches, the Converges, and the yeah. and the Dillinger and Dillinger Escape yeah, Plan. And then I started to get into that through Relapse because obviously Dillinger Escape Plan was on Relapse, and that was I think really eye opening. Um, and then the first concert I ever saw was Pantera and Morbid Angel. So, which is such so good. Yes, so good. Yeah. When I was 14, and then I was like introduced to Morbid Angel, and that blew my mind. So I simultaneously went down the path of like the the metalcore, hardcore, whatever, mathy stuff of the late 90s, early 2000s, and um, and then was also looking into old school death metal, like Morbid Angel, and you know the Tampa and New York scenes. And then it was yeah, then it was just off to the races, right? You know. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Just how much shit can I download as quickly as possible on my dial-up connection? <laughs> I know. Your parents were probably so upset with you because they couldn't use their phone, you know, because you were just, like, online all the time. <laughs> well, I have a distinct memory. I think I was downloading a Hatebreed song. Um, and, you know, like, my dad picked up the phone and interrupted the download, and I was just like, I couldn't have been more devastated, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I was just so upset. I was like prepare for war did not finish like i want to hear this like, this is the heaviest shit ever and uh yeah and that, i mean the the victory stuff really like i know it wasn't as much for you but that sort of like tough guy beat down yeah uh you know started with earth crisis and like integrity i heard it when hate breed and all out war came out and those are stu um i mean i don't love hate breed too much outside of their first couple albums um but i've i mean all out war for those who are crucified and hate breed satisfaction is death of desire i mean those things are just like those are the best breakdowns the best like that sort of introduced me more to um hardcore i mean it wasn't you know it's sort of that's metal core as well 
sort of, um, you know, sl- uh, All Out War is South of Heaven plus Breakdowns, pretty much, which is, I mean, mm-hmm. sign sign me up, uh, <laughs> you know, and and then just kind of went went from there, and here we are. I'm wearing a Necrot yeah. T-shirt, and you are wearing a Napalm Death Napalm. hoodie. Nice. Yes, I yeah. am. It's very comfortable. It's very. It's actually very good quality. You know. Yeah, dude. So, yeah. I was with you when you bought that. <laughs> I know. I remember. I remember. Okay, uh, that's yeah, sort of so. that's sort of rambling on how we got. And yeah, you. I know your brother Joe, obviously, and he. I know he was very instrumental for the, especially like the death metal part. Like he got you into kind of like yeah. cannibal, cannibal corpse and deicide, right? Stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's basically what's my. Uh, beginning parts of extreme metal was like old school cannibal corpse deicide yeah, yeah. and like that kind of like death metal scene there um and then from there you know going alongside with the new metal in the late 90s i got super into like you know your metal core early 2000s or whatever or new wave of american metal whatever you want to call it you know like lamb of gods oh, yeah. Palace of burn God. yeah um you know kill switch engage um you know, yep, just yep. all that sort of stuff. Darkest Hour, um, all that shit. Those are, those are all like Virginia, D.C. stuff. Woo! Yeah. Represent. I know. But then I moved out here to the Bay Area, which is obviously like one of the most important metal scenes in the world. And I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that was part of the reason I moved out here. <laughs> and, then when I, and then when I got here, I was just like, oh... I've made a huge mistake. You know, like it's so expensive. There's no, there's like one metal band in San Francisco. I know there's like one metal venue and they're basically all closed down at this point. Yeah. Well, the pandemic has crushed whatever metal scene might, might have been occurring in San Francisco, but so I imagine we'll just have to go uh, farther East to continue to see metal shows. I mean, I'm sure, it's Oakland and the the South Bay for sure. That's where everything yeah. is is happening at this point. Um, and then I'm sure there's some garage in like Walnut Creek that's like ramping up, you know. To yeah, no, um, be the there's new, actually the new place. Right before the pandemic, there's a there's a venue in Castro Valley or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how am I gonna get there? I don't have a car. <laughs> yeah. Or it's gonna be like, uh, what is that one place in Petaluma that's all ages with oh, no yeah. bar? Uh, yeah, that was such an int- that was we saw Misery Index and Hate Eternal and yeah no no one except us was there for Misery Index everyone was there <laughs> like you know the local crew was all there for Hate Eternal and um, I know I remember trying to start a pit to like an old school Misery Index song just be like come on guys what are you doing this is so great and you know everybody just staring at me like um, yeah the idiot I was. <laughs> and then we but, went and we found, and I remember the only merch we bought was, uh, that dude, Jason, his books, uh, extremity retained or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's a great book. Um, like a, what do you call it? An oral history of, of death metal. Of extreme. Um, yeah. He's also, music. he's like a Baltimore DC guy. And he randomly, I went to American University for a couple years right out of college, or excuse me, right out of high school. And I was doing audio production there and I was buying shit from the Misery Index distro or, you know, directly from them or whatever. And he saw my address and then like we had, I had a brief correspondence with Jason Netherton or however you say his name, mm-hmm. who ha- who now has like a PhD in like politics yeah. and stuff, like really smart, interesting guy. And that's why I think, you know, metal lyrics aren't always that good, but Misery Index always has solid, you know, like, um, solid lyrics in terms of like. I mean, Misery Index is a economic term, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, See, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I love their early stuff and they still are churning out good stuff, but man. And that was really cool. Um, It just shows you how awesome the metal scene is. And, you know, you go to a show here distinctly remember we you know like sold out slayer no excuse me not Slayer. well we have seen slayer obviously but it was a napalm death show with like black dahlia murder no i think was that at the chapel no no it was the sold out one at the metro oakland metro opera house um 
and it was just like a who's who of Bay Area metal was there. Like we saw like Chris Reifart from Autopsy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the all the Necrot dudes, obviously. Um, Tank like Grimes, the, I'm sure. I feel like the the possessed guy was there. Maybe even like Rob Flynn or something. Yeah, yeah the t- Scotty from Tank. All Grimes the dudes from like uh, Exhumed and yeah, uh, right, and Impaled. Yeah, <laughs> Impaled. Yeah, exactly. And they were they were there to see Voivod because you know that's such a old school like influential thrash band. And then we were there to see Napalm Death, and I think Exhumed actually might have been playing that show too. But anyway, so that, that was well, really maybe that's why they were all there. You know. Right, right, but that was that was <laughs> an an amazing show, and none of them none of them know who we are. <laughs> Here we are, just two two guys who love metal and are not involved in any sort of band, record label, or scene. We just consume it from a distance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're 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 fans. We're we are the people that keep it alive. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean I'm. I think there's a couple bands that I might have kept alive. You know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so let's see. In terms of so that's kind of how we you know how we got into it. I'm sure everyone is yeah. just the the two people who might listen to this are on the edge of their seat, just like what most is, definitely. What's, what's coming up next? What are these two white guys in their 30s going to tell me about death metal? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, so, yeah, we were, we were also thinking, like, what are some good stepping off points into, like, these genres? Because, you know, like, how do we get into it? I, I know a lot of people will tell me. Uh, I mean, I occasionally run into people who are, like, who want to get in more to the underground metal. And it is, I think especially now that there's just a glut of information on the internet yeah. um, and Sp- Spotify and stuff, it is kind of hard to like, where do you start? And I was, you know, for me, I think chronologically it always helps. you like starting at the beginning, right? Definitely. Um, I agree. And for death metal, death metal is such a, death metal is my favorite genre of music. I don't know about you. I know you, you love death metal, obviously, but I know you're, you're super into, um, like a, the mathy stuff too. Yeah. Right? I mean, I would say death metal is probably, that's, you know, that's my yeah, thing. That's That got yeah. me into it. And that's like the most stable, but I'll, but I branch out into other things, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. But I guess death metal is our, uh, prior, our main share. Our foundation. Yeah. The foundation for which the tree grows, you know, the trunk. <laughs> The two metal dudes, and that is the number two with a Z. Uh, that shows yes. our our love our love for new metal, uh, exactly di- disdain for new metal. <laughs> but but yeah, it was just like I think once I got to college, and then I had a high speed internet connection, and you know not that many friends, um, and a lot of loneliness and stuff like that. I just turned. To you know, I just started consuming music, and I was doing that more. I know you were a music major, and I sort of initially did some like Pro Tools, you know, audio production stuff. But basically, I just got stoned and downloaded music and listened to it. And yeah, I mean, basically, that's what I did in school anyway. So yeah, <laughs> I would like and, go to the library and just have stacks of CDs at my computer and just be ripping them one by one. Yeah, and, and this is a topic for another time, but like. I, I definitely got into metal. I mean, it was definitely a rebellion sort of thing, but it was also for me like more of a mental illness, like, uh, you know, very depressed and anxious teenager. And yeah. hearing somebody scream about either, you know, s- weird abstract personal things or like war or pol- politics and just be like really pissed off and angry. You're like, oh, somebody like there is somebody else out there. Like not everybody listens to Dave Matthews. <laughs> yeah. Not, not everyone wants to go to the fucking widespread panic show. <laughs> like there are other people like me, you know? And, uh, yeah. So I remember, you know, in, in death metal is that, I mean, essentially that just a bunch of like nerds in the eighties who did a tape trading scene and it kind of just seeded, you know, throughout. So starting at the beginning, I, you know, people always say like, "What? It's the Possessed Seven Churches album, or is it Death, yeah. or whatever?" And I actually recently went back and listened to all that stuff. It's Death, 
Chuck. It's one yeah. person. A Chuck. Sh- how do you say his last name? Schlinder. Schlollinger. <laughs> when you only read these things your entire life and you never say them out loud, you're like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I but Chuck. No do that. Chuck from Tampa or wherever. You know, I mean, he. When you look his when Death's first uh, EP, they were called like Mantis, I believe. That came out in like '84. Something came out before Possess, whatever. Any harder thrash bands, and that was. That's like that's. I mean, you know, you can start there, but it start with like Scream, Bloody Gore, yeah. stuff like that. The the first real Death album, and then, but for me, and I know it's different for you, Charlie, but. I think the first, chronologically, I think the first and still one of the best death metal albums. I mean, they just blew everything else away in terms of production and whatever. It was Altars of Madness by Morbid Angel in mm-hmm. 1989. Yeah. I mean, that's... And and I think even reading about that time period, like, everybody said Morbid Angel was, like, the first professional. Like, they just showed up and, like, blew everyone away. They were all just, like... They had all the gear. They had all the stuff. They had... A, I mean, they essentially had Pete Sandal, who had, you know, destroyed everybody with that Terrorizer album. Yeah. And anyway, um, so that's sort of, you know, you you got to start in Florida, uh, even though it was sort of a, a genre that that started in, you know, San Francisco, or San Francisco with Chris Reifart, who was also in Death Briefly, you know, in Tampa. And they were sending shit to their buddies in, like, Stockholm, Sweden, and, like, you know, all that stuff. But yeah. And in New York. But it starts it starts in the Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg area, which is always hilarious to me. <laughs> That's where death metal started. I know. <laughs> but, but, yeah, like, I would... It, I would completely agree with you. Yeah. For me, but so for Death Metal in particular, yeah, you know, I would say starting chronologically, I think it's a good, definitely a very good idea uh, because it's important to get like the history of it and to understand where it comes from. I think for a lot of people trying to break in new, I think going back and, you know, listening to the first Possessed album, I think the production difference would be difficult for people, right? Because if if they put on something like, you know, some modern death metal today they're listening to you know gate creeper or something and then they go back to possess you know it's just like i think there's that disconnect there where it's like if you're coming from it just like brand new i feel like most people aren't necessarily going to really romanticize and enjoy that per- how shitty the production is like we do with a lot of that's stuff bit, you know where it's like no that, the crappy production a, adds to the art that's a really good point no, because the first time I heard Scum by Napalm Death, I was just like, this is horrible. Like, please don't. Yeah. I don't exactly want to hear right. this again. Yeah, you're right. You kind of have to ease yourself into it. But I, I, think, I think with think, more, with Morbid Angel, you can do that, though. I mean, Alters yeah. is certainly their most thrashed record. But if you go on to, like, Covenant, Domination, Formulas, Fatal of Flesh, I mean, that's just straight-up amazing death metal. So I think you can get into that. But I know, like... For you, Morbid Angel is definitely not your favorite death metal band. No, I, you know, I never really, for some reason, it's just, uh, I just never really, Morbid Angel never really did it for me. Yeah, I was more, like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. Dying Fetus would be like my Morbid Angel to you, I think. Yeah, that's um, also a, another Jason Netherton band. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah, they, I mean, I think, but, I think Dying Fetus was sort of there, like, uh, they were bringing back death metal and sort of like their late 90s early 2000 or like continuing yeah. the tradition that wasn't just like sort of gore guts uh inspired technical stuff but yeah, yeah something like that cannibal corpse and is always a good stepping off point for anybody to get into death yeah. metal but i also think like for people getting into death metal it might be better to find like your easier to listen to gateway drug to yeah. ease into that. Like if you start with Cannibal Corpse says, you know, um, eaten back to life, that's, you know, or one of those albums, it would probably be better to start with like slaughter the soul. Right. Or something that's like a little more True. palatable to then. Yeah, and, more. and then through that have like, you know, an appreciation for the extreme extremity. And then that's yeah, not that's the a right good word. That's a good have point. appreciation for the extreme. And then, uh, 
kind of come back to Cannibal Corpse or something like that, or even just start with Cannibal Corpse's newer stuff. I mean, I think the albums they're putting out now is fanta- are fantastic. Like, right. and the, and the production um, is really good. Yeah, like you're saying, the production is really good. Is, you know, is leap and bounds from where it was in the late '80s or early '90s. But yeah, that that is a good point. You know, you kind of ease yourself into it, like like we we did essentially. You know, like Tool to Slayer to Pantera to whatever, and then you kinda, yeah exactly. And for me, again, what really helped too, or what really gave me a love for heaviness was the um, that metalcore, that beat down, victory stuff. Um, gave me a different sort of viewpoint and i also ended up eventually going back and listening to like you know, 80s 90s hardcore and stuff uh, which is you know i'm definitely more of a metal guy than a punk guy but i mean i do love uh and i think most people who like heavy music can really get into something like satisfaction is the death of desire that's why that album is so popular i mean you know yeah historic historically speaking it's like it's so fucking catchy quick songs like a lot of people hate the growling of death metal don't you get that everybody's like well i like the music but i hate the vocals and you're like okay well that's a whole another conversation oh, for sure yeah whereas exactly. like hard more hardcore metalcore they're, they're not quite growling they're more just like you know, screaming so for some reason that's more palatable to people so those, those albums i would suggest yeah. to or even like a uh, a converge album too you know yeah, in, definitely. Uh, like when forever comes crashing or something like that. Uh, yeah. But, uh, we've, I mean, we've most people sp- with death metal, you know, it's it's just like the singing is just it's so <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's you know? like some people it's like literally... why would you make this noise with your, you it's... know, on an album? Like why would you do this? And it's literally like he's and the answer cooking. is cookie monster and you're like and it's it's an easy way to dismiss the entire genre um yeah and i always have to i think the best way that i've found to explain it is that for death metal the vocals are just another instrument um because we don't i mean let's be real death metal lyrics not overall that great i mean some of them are awesome but a lot of it is just sort of a rehashed uh, horror movie you know, like ideas and stuff like that. Yeah. And so we're more, cons- more concerned with what sounds they're making. So I don't know for me, just, view I think, like, um, YouTube lyric videos are just ruin any type of song <laughs> yeah, that I listen to I'm, because I'm reading these lyrics. I'm being forced <laughs> to read these lyrics. I'm like, these lyrics are so stupid. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't who, who decided know? to, who decided to do that for metal bands? Like, I'm sorry. Everybody is literally just copying Slayer or, you know, or just trying to outgross one another, you know, like a la carcass yeah. and cannibal corpse and, you know, gore stuff. But then, but then there are the uh, exceptions like an immolation. Immolation has consistently great, like anti-Christian lyrics um, or just, you know, like anti-established religion stuff. And then something like misery index, which is just has like dissertation level, like, <laughs> you know, like Iraq, war afghan war sort of lyrics you know which are pretty cool yeah but but yeah for the the most part it's not like we're really focused on on the lyrics and sort of the vocals you know it's more just <clears throat> like we're just like whoa dude i love that low guttural there you know yeah exactly <laughs> and it, it is also hard to explain like why do we like that um i don't know really i mean you know yeah. we sort of know but that does well seem, it's kind of like uh I feel like it's like any other taste that you have, you know, it's like, it's just a, it's just a reaction that your brain has to it. You discover you like right. it first and then you dissect why you like it. Just like Truly. you eat food and you're like, oh, this is good. And then you, over time you're like, oh yeah, I like salt and I like this flavoring yeah. and that flavoring. It's the same thing with metal, right? You listen to it first and you're like, this is sick. And then over time you're like, I like blast beats and yeah. I like, you know, <laughs> I like I mean, really fast guitar solos and all that it, shit. It, so. It is no that I mean that's a really good point. It is very much, and I think I've kind of tried to describe this to other people. It doesn't always make sense, but like it's no. it's an auditory metal is an auditory virus. It's extremely primitive. It's like when you hear that first power chord when you're younger, you're either like eh, or like or maybe you get a little amped up or whatever, or you're someone like us and you just like 
it connects to your fucking lizard brain and you're just like, Oh, you know, you just get all primitive knuckle dragging, like, you know, and then you just can't, and it becomes sort of like an, not, I mean, I wouldn't say an obsession, but just like, and, uh, you know, a strong interest and, um, yeah, you know, met, metal music in general, but metal, especially in like, you know, hardcore or metalcore, has just been one of the most important things in my life ever since then. Like it just, it's, I, I can listen to, you know, I can be happy, sad, any emotion. And, um, you know, I just, ugh, it's, it's great, but it is sort of like, yeah. do you have an antibody to fight off this old primitive virus or you don't? Uh, and when you, you just get infected and you're like, yes, I need more carcass. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, like this is like, yeah, like, good Lord. I mean, we could talk forever as we have and we're continuing to do so uh, just about something like grind, like carcass and like talk about napalm death and, and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, most definitely. But I think, you well, know, we, we could just ramble on and on forever about, as we kind of already have, about yeah. like g- getting into metal and how we did, but maybe we talk about some some newer albums some new shit yeah yeah Yeah. so what uh charlie what have you been listening to lately well let me tell you austin oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) so i was thinking long and hard about this you know and i kind of gave myself the time frame of 2021 like so it is what march end of march so in the past few months um what has come out that you know i've been really stoked about and i'll be completely honest like i've been really trying to avoid like being um an older curmudgeon of like this new music you know because but i will say that in my older age i'm definitely much pickier about my music and i think it's just because i have such a big backlog of shit that i do enjoy listening to that um most of the stuff I listen to now, I'm just really not interested in because I'm like, oh, well, this sounds just like this one metal album that, and I'll just go listen to that one that I've been listening to the past no, 15 that, years. That's exactly the same for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but here, let me uh, get this set up and maybe we can play some of these tracks for our listeners. Okay. And I can certainly talk a lot um, to fill everyone's ear holes with sounds. Um, but yeah, I, I think you need to do that. No, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did want to make a point that I do think I am like I'm way more I, I was definitely like it in my college years, like sort of I became that sort of metal elitist a little bit. And that was mm-hmm. obnoxious. That was very obnoxious. But yeah. so where I do echo like I, I do find like, OK, you know, I can listen to a song and be like, ah, no, I don't really want to hear that anymore. I, st- I think maybe I'm more open to newer thing like there's the whole you know old school death metal that's been out you know been coming or new scene that's been sort of um coming out for the past 10 years or whatever and a lot of it just sounds like bolt thrower cannibal corpse just you know uh dismember but yeah still some of it is quite enjoyable and you know the, yeah de- and definitely benefits from you know the the production values that we have now so what did you pull up here all right, so um, I have three bands here, and I guess we'll just go in order that they're listed. So the first one here is Jarhead Fertilizer. Have you heard of oh, these is dudes? It, isn't I think you played? Isn't this like power violence or something? Yeah, or it's like it? it's uh, it's it's kind of like I don't know. Let's just listen to it, and then we yeah, let's yeah, talk let's about it here. Let me let me play a little bit here. Reminds me of like a vermin womb. Yeah, that's not. No, it's like straight violence. up like it's like death metal. Yeah, it's like old school, maybe a little grind vibe, a little little death yeah. metal. Um, it's it's actually grind. similar. I don't know if you listened to last year's Caustic Wound that was on a lot of people's like top yeah. whatever list. Uh, yeah, I really I did. G- 
gotten to that the past few months. It kind of sounds like that. It's sort of like yeah. that old school mixture of death metal and grind and whatever. And like, yeah. I, I, I am here for that shit. Um, yeah, no, I'm a, so that sounds good. Fan. I don't, I don't think what, what do you know what label they're on? I mean, I who, don't, yeah, my guess is I just everything is will tip records that I listen to for some reason, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I'll have to look at that, but, but yeah, but they're, they're, yeah. I've been enjoying that, um, uh, release quite a lot. Nice. I have to give that more, uh, for me, let's see, like I've, um, I haven't been listening to too much new stuff. I will say that the past few, but I have, um, gate creeper frozen soul yeah. and, and socioclast. I wanted to, to briefly touch on because I know especially the Gatekeeper and Frozen Soul those are pretty popular yeah. um, newer old school I don't know if I listen to the Frozen Soul actually so Frozen Soul um, they have a lot you know like they had an EP on Maggot Stomp which is sort of the you know mm-hmm. like it's pretty big like launching point label for a lot of these like old school death metal bands and yeah. Frozen Soul is pretty good i think a lot of people like it and i've been listening to it a little bit more i don't think it's something i'm gonna go back to because it it sounds a lot like bolt thrower if not like almost. yeah it's like a slower slightly slower slightly heavier bolt thrower but it's that's it kind of but like it's awesome and i think it i think like an album like this would be a really good gateway for someone to get into that because like i was recently talking to somebody who's trying to get into death metal and like Mm -hmm. really like and it's like you know i like bolt thrower and then and i listed all these newer things i was like under gang you know which sounds a lot like this old school swedish sound you know the dismembers and the the unleashed in tunes of the world and sort of frozen soul kind of has a bolt thrower vibe. So if you're like to- getting in, you know, if you're younger or older, who cares what age you are, and you're more getting into it, I think an album like this is a good stepping off point for the slower, more yeah. br- brutal stuff. But for for me, I do I listen to it and I'm kind of like, um, yeah, I'm gonna gonna go back to bolt thrower, um, yeah. like per our conversation. But this is a, I think it's probably the most like popular death metal album that's come out this year so far. Yeah. Um, Do you have a song that you like in particular off the album? No. I mean, I don't. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. And like, I'm not, again, not shitting on this at all. These, and they seem like really cool dudes and lady got a lady, um, a woman, um, bass player, just like Joe Binch from bold thrower. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's exciting. And white zombie need a lot more women in death metal, but that's also another, uh, conversation topic i'm let's see i can't remember a specific song but let's just go to also the gate creeper album um, yeah yeah do that gate gate creeper you know like i didn't haven't loved on record um we saw them yeah. live for open for like what cannibal corpse and that was pretty fun they, i they think were, so they're fun they had a lot for some reason i would always mix them up in power trip because the lead singer's Look kind of look the same. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Very different bands, though. But um, Gate Creeper really has dialed in also on the Dismember sound. I think they're calling it HM2 sound now because that's the guitar tone. But it's very much the mm-hmm. Stockholm, Stockholm, Sweden, early 90s, late 80s, you know, death sound. Um, and yeah. I found it I found it a little derivative, to be honest. But then this new album... I. I fucking love because I think they take that sound and then they, they inject it with some uh, hardcore specifically like some D beat. So they're adding in some more Swedish shit there, but different. Yeah. Uh, so I've really enjoyed this album. And then I think they, the last song is a, is like a pitch perfect doom song. Like they're just showing their mm-hmm. chops on that. So I, I've really enjoyed this gate creeper album. It's just them trying to do something different. And I think they totally succeed. So, um, totally. I don't know if, I mean, I think I can't remember if I have a favorite song on this, but I remember rusted gold or imposter syndrome is pretty good. You know, those songs or all of them are good. Sick of yeah. being sick of being sober is a great title of a song. <laughs> I know. Cause the dude's been sober for like 10 years, a singer of gate creeper. Oh, is it? I did not know that. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah. They, and they uh, also, Chase is his name. Yeah. And they also seem like dudes you'd totally want to hang out with. Um, but why don't you throw on one of those? Just pick one. I don't fucking care. 
Yeah, that one is more. That one doesn't really have any any of the blast beats, but that is straight up. That's straight up DB though. DB that that's nothing like the death metal sound that they usually have. So no. I think it's more. That's that like I, great party music right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on what type of party you're going to. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I've been enjoying that a lot. And then I do think we have to, I mean, we haven't even talked about it personally, but the new I Hate God album. Yeah. What'd you the think new, of it? Well, let's see. So initial thoughts. Uh, I've probably listened to it, like, I don't know, I want to say four times now all the way through. I... Yeah. The my initial thought was I was a little bummed. Um, yeah, I was sort of like, eh, I don't know. It's but it's been a hundred percent growing on me, and I know I'm gonna like it. And I like all I hate God albums, but obviously some more than others. Um, I don't think this one is ever gonna be one that I really like. Uh, but I think it's great songs. It's awesome to see them back. Mike sounds as pissed off as ever, and I think it's not the songwriting. I think it's more that. I don't the production. There's something with the production that is not my favorite, and we could get more into that. But what do you, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I kind of feel the exact same way actually. Where it's like I listened to it and it was great, but there was just something missing. You know, like when you listen to the older stuff and even their last album that in 2014, I just feel like it was just like a fuller sound. It was like a wall of sound yes, that would come yeah. at you, right? Exactly. That was just like it just that was just, it was like bludgeoning where with this, what I've noticed, and I've only listened to it a couple of times through, so I'm definitely going to have to revisit this review. Um, it just like, it was definitely missing that with the production. And something else I also noticed is that there was a lot more like guitar lines and stuff that were in the songs instead of like full power chords, like really chugging along. And I think that affected kind of like, you know, the wall of sound piece. And another thing that I thought to myself is that I find that the timing on the album is a lot more like syncopated and maybe off time, which also kind of affects that where like before mm. they're just in the pocket, you know, four, four, like really, you know, just like killing you with riffs. Mm-hmm. But with this one, because it's a little bit more all over the place, I don't know if it's just like weird time signatures or whether it's just kind of a more rhythmically syncopated guitar lines it was just harder to really like get into that groove during some of the tracks I felt like, um, which kind of left me wanting more. Cause I definitely had an expectation of what I wanted to hear. And well, I right. just feel I like mean, the new album necessarily do that for to, me. You know, to our three listeners, um, I hate God is like, you know, is, is one of our favorite bands, a shared band that we both adore. One of my favorite live bands. Um, yeah. And then we, we both have a connection to new Orleans as well. But, yeah, I think for me, and I don't know as much about, you know, actual uh, musical language or, you know, um, music theory and all that stuff as you do. But for me, it sounded like I think I think it's twofold. It's like the the production sounds just more sterilized. Um, It doesn't it's Mm -hmm. there's not as much of that, like feedback and rawness. The guitar tone, although it's awesome has a doomy quality to it it's not it doesn't sound like you know straight up jimmy bauer like you know just raging hardcore heavy blues it sounds i don't know it kind of sounds more like a doom thing and then i do think they're missing brian Patton on this i really like the second guitarist i mean that yeah that, that wall of sound you're describing like when jimmy goes off on more of a riff there you know you would usually have some power chords being drilled out by Brian there and perhaps you're missing. And then also, um, go ahead. Sorry. No. And then I was going to say the drums also sound weird to me. You can, you can really hear the snare and, um, the bass drums, but like, did they not record cymbals? Uh, like you can barely hear the cymbals and that's a huge part of, of the Joey, I hate God sound is sort of just like, yeah, you know, destroying the entire kit and really getting those symbols in there and stuff like that. And I wasn't, um, I just don't quite hear that, but like, but some of the riffs are on point. And I really think like of all people, like Mike Williams is fucking just, he destroys it on, he's still 
you know, coming up with great lyrics, great songs, and he's just continually pissed off and, and sounding good, you know, after a liver transplant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is exactly and there's you know and they're still really awesome live but yeah this this i don't think will be one of my favorite i hate god albums but it's still really good and they have never ever released a bad album and i don't think it's possible for them to at this point yeah yeah i i just need to give it a little more time i think and really sit with it and also kind of just like erase away my preconceived notions of like what i want it to be and just like take it in as it exists and then react to that instead of it being like, mm, it's not dope sick. No, I know. And I getting know. all pissed off and butt hurt. I know. It's like, not only do we have a nostalgic connection to the old I Hate God, I mean, but those are like some of our favorite albums. I mean, Take Is Needed for Pain and Dope Sick are two of my favorite albums of any genre of music. And I listen to them all the time. And it's just ridiculous to try to hold up you know a band's output 20 years later <laughs> like yeah. to that same standard but it's also it's also just different so yeah i think too it's hard to hear a new i hate god album and not be like well it's, it's not dope sick so whatever uh but then you go yeah. back and you listen to like um you know preaching the end time message or you know, Southern discomfort or whatever. And those albums are not dope sick or take as needed for your pain, but they're fucking great. You know, they have their, yeah. you know, jackass and the will of God and stuff like that. I mean, you know, just so in the last album Definitely. has a sick hardcore influence, you know, more so. Um, and we saw them, you know, how many times on that tour? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, like four times, maybe. In the past few like, years, yeah. the past seven years since I've lived out here, we've seen I Hate God like on average once a year, but sometimes two or three yeah, times. Yeah, maybe once. It, yeah, we, exactly. We've probably seen him at least eight times in that time. I mean, every period. time they come to town, we're going, we're, we were there. So every, Yeah, every time. No matter the, ob, no matter the, the obligations that we had. But exactly, right. Was there any other newer stuff? Yeah, here, let me place this up. Uh, let's see. The other two that I wanted to mention was I really I was telling you about the new Crown album. Yeah, I I, I listened um, to like four or five songs yesterday. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, I I go back and forth between whether it's going to be something I really come back to a lot. I definitely enjoy it. Uh, I think the riffs are good, and you know, I yeah, like the the vocals it, and everything. It doesn't do much but, for me. Just is it is more the um, melodic death metal and i like melodic death metal but i don't think as much as you do and when i want to listen to make melodic death metal at this point in my life it's just at the gates and, at and, gates, yeah. and, and heart heart work you know <laughs> yeah but, uh, and then the the, the last one album. i wanted to talk about is this band called uh pupil slicer <laughs> this is the one i i and sent that, you that link did you send this one to me? Yeah, okay. So that's where I found out about this. It's very mathy. Yes, you sent right. this to me. Yes, I sent this to you, to you being like, oh, I think you will like this. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I did. And I did like it very much. Again, I don't know if it's something I'm going to be coming back to a lot, but it's definitely a fun listen. Yeah, it's... Sounded- and just the name Pupil Slicer is just so ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? It, yeah, so kind I of, love that part it kind of it too. sounded, I mean, just listened to it a couple of times, but it kind of sounded like a, um, slightly heavier, slightly dumbed down, you know, Dillinger sound, uh, which is not a negative thing it, because yeah, that is a great sound. <laughs> but you, did you want to play that for a sec? Yeah. Here, let's play just a little bit of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, that's like right up my alley. No, I know. That's why I immediately sent it to you. <laughs> like, I think I used to really, really love that stuff. And I still do for some of the nostalgic things. But I think newer, mathy stuff, I'm like, eh. um, yeah. 
but it is good. I, I mean, I, I do like that. Um, and it definitely has all the hallmarks of an, you know, a botch, old school, converged, Dillinger escape plan sort of sound to it. And yeah. I will forever love, you know, a calculating infinity or whatever. God, that that album fucking rules and it you know blew my mind <laughs> yeah i know i was like whoa, whoa, whoa what time signature is that crazy yeah and yeah <laughs> and led me down a whole technical death metal uh route that we can talk about some other time uh and i'm sure you know everyone is so eager uh we well we've been talking for like an hour now <laughs> yeah. i know exactly <laughs> so should we get to uh yeah, we should what, we else, should. what else have you been listening to? We should wrap it up. Um, yeah. So we want to end every episode with what else are we listening to? Because we love metal so much and, you know, like hardcore punk, whatever. But we really do it. And we find this with a lot of underground metal fans, right, Charlie? Like we love music in general. Yeah. Um, and you were, I mean, you're literally a like stand up bass major in college. Uh, so we love lots of different types of music and we want to give a little, little shout out to other genre, you know, stuff we're listening to. And how about yeah. for you, for you, what are you listening to the, like, you know, the past few days or whatever, this non metal. Um, I've actually really been tr- getting into disco you're not getting you've been into disco for a very long time yeah but i guess but i think like i'm actually starting to like seek it out and understand it and you know actually like dig into like the underground disco scene are you talking about like what is no sorry i interrupted you but i was saying are you talking about more like the original disco or like yeah like 1970s yeah yeah like shit that came out on like that was like a b-side that was played at like you know, in the 1970s. So I'm looking at a lot of like, um, old studio 54 yeah, DJs that's a, that's a that were like put together I, mixes I and stuff say, like that. I was just going to um, say studio four shit. Yeah. That's what you're bunch of cocaine yeah. on cocaine on mirrors. Yeah, exactly. And on, you know, <laughs> and toilet seats. Yeah. Uh, but, but through that, you know, every once in a while now that through streaming services, we literally have everything at our fingertips. You know this. Um, I like to do a discography deep yes, dive into yes, a certain yes. band, you know. So um, and right now I'm doing that with uh, I just actually started yesterday with Earth, Wind and Fire kind oh, of going nice. through the discography, you know, because their greatest hits are great. And whenever I hear a song, I'm like, oh, this is really good. But I've never listened to an Earth, Wind and Fire album before. But that we- it's is a, that is that more disco or like a it's like it, it, it kind of crosses the line Motown sound. as i'm going it's it's kind of like all three between disco funk and um and motown definitely as i'm really listening to a lot of uh disco you have your standard disco songs but i'm also discovering that like disco and funk there's like it's like a blurred line between the two right yeah, if you yeah. think of even bands like chic Right. Like some people will call chic, like, you know, disco, other, there's tons of funk influences in there. So I wouldn't necessarily classify it as one or the other. It's more of like a song by song basis, I feel like. And I'm just discovering this, so I could be totally off. But from what I've gathered, from what I've been listening to. And so Earth, Wind and Fire, you definitely hear some songs where you're like, it's, this is just straight up disco. And then there's other songs on there that are like, you know, very funk based, very R&B based. Um, cause you know, they're, yes, they're awesome. Yeah. They're all over the place. So I know you, you had a earth, wind and fire was like your song at your wedding. September, right? It was, yeah. September was our yeah. first dance song at the yeah. wedding. Yeah. Nice. But that wasn't necessarily from, a, I mean, that song is incredible, but that was like, you know, that was song existed in my brain as like a lone entity. It didn't necessarily speak to the, you know, earth, wind and fire in general, but totally. it's, it was pointing to this moment, I guess, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, that, yeah, I know you, you love those, uh, deep dives and I do them, but I don't think as much or as like intense as you do. And I do have to say that I hate disco. Uh, that I yeah, I know that. That's why I don't I, I don't send you any disco <laughs> tracks. <laughs> I have, but I I mean I love disco influence things like more modern disco influence things. I really think that like yeah. a chro- chromatics like Italian disco stuff like. 
But when I just go back and listen to the straight up stuff, the Abbas, and you know, I, I can't do it. But we both yeah. also love. I mean, but but this kind of plays into like, our, you know, outside of metal, I think we both just really love pop music um, of all generations and genres and stuff. Um, and certainly more comfort food times, which you know the past year has been. I've definitely leaned in more to meteor metal. And just like, you know, junk food, pop music, or not, and that's sort of the wrong, wrong term, but just um, much more modern um, electronic sort of uh, pop music. And what I've been listening to lately, well, for the past two years, but three or four years, but still listen to a ton of Charlie XCX, really, you know, mm-hmm. my, my favorite pop star uh, for the past few years. Um, but I've also been diving back into Casey Musgraves, you know, the more, I mean, yeah. country slash pop. I mean, she's sort of, I feel like, I mean, is not Taylor Swift at all, but has a similar sort of trajectory of being like a Nashville kind of star who's also, who morphs more a little in the pop direction. Uh, and yeah. that one, what's her, her last album, the one in like 2018, was that one called? Uh, Golden yeah. Hour? Yeah, that God, that fuck, that fucking album rules. So I was listening to it. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I've been listening to that a lot. Uh, and then, but also in terms of new releases that are not metal, probably the one I've listened to the most is um, Julian Baker's new album. You know, mm-hmm. I got just like a lot of people who got into Phoebe Bridgers and. and Julian Baker's through Boy Genius um, a few years ago, which still is one of my favorite uh, releases of the past, I don't know, five, six plus years. I fucking love that EP so much. And um, the new Julian Baker album is quite good. I mean, I think he, I pick up, you know, you get a lot of indie influences from the past few decades on it and you know just regular singer songwriter stuff but i hear a lot of i mean there's a few songs where i hear a bunch of post-rock i'm hearing a lot of like mogwai Mm -hmm. stuff in there heard lyric you know talking going from a genre like death metal or lyrics or whatever but julian baker's lyrics are fucking phenomenal and this new album is all about her um I mean, it's about her struggles with addiction, and I think she had uh, recently relapsed, and so it's yeah, and like all the songs are. I mean, the lyrics are very metal in the sense that they're like very depressing and sad, but you know, extremely poignant. You know, it's like that. Um, it's sort of like funeral music. It's like sad but beautiful. You know, like a yeah, almost. I mean, not at all like it, but in that same sense of of beauty and sadness like a cigarette or something which is also post-rock in general so here a lot of that i don't know i think i told you i don't know if you like that as much as i do but it's sort of like um i think that like phoebe bridgers and julian baker and other artists like that are really um are sort of are quite popular especially with younger women um and are really sort of like going to be take or taking pop into an interesting like they're almost i mean they're not billy eilish at all but sort of like that same you know the same sort of um vibe in a sense of like younger women just you know not putting up with the bullshit that's been shoved down their throats and uh yeah. just coming out coming out with these beautiful yet you know sad kind of uh subtle records that really enjoy but but if, I don't know. I really enjoy this Julian Baker. It's fucking sweet. So that's probably the only new, new release that I... Because that came out like just a few weeks ago um, yeah. that, I've been li- that I've been listening to that's not metal related. But Nice. Yeah. Well, we talked yeah. for a good almost like 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll happen sometimes. Maybe in our future episodes we can put a time limit on some of these things. But, you know, it's episode one. We're just testing it out. I know we're just testing the waters. I mean, I just fucking bought a microphone and it I, it works, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we probably, right, dude. probably get going here. You know, we got you know shit to do, right? I gotta walk the dog. Uh... <laughs> yeah, got a fun chores. 
Do yeah, go grocery shopping. I guess I don't know. Yeah, right. Sweep sweep the kitchen. Um. All right. Well, do we have? We need like a sign out. Do we? No, probably not. This is Charlie. We could just our sign out could be like yeah, (laughs) two metal dudes. Episode one completed. Yeah, we love all of you and we love music. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) That's good enough.